Good morning, church. Let's give a hand to the praise and worship team for the wonderful job. Isn't it another wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord? We can see uh, seasons are changing, times are changing. Uh, recently it was summer, now it's a bit colder. But one thing that we can praise and thank God for is that uh, he remains constant. He is the same yesterday, tomorrow, and forevermore. So on him we can always count. So whatever may be happening in your lives, uh, if you are going through a different season in your life, we thank God, and that's why we are here, to praise, to recognize, and to worship him, because he's our Alpha and Omega, and in him we can do anything, so long as we bring all our, our burdens, uh, the things that worry us, if we can bring them to him and rely on him, then we know that through him, then he will enable us. So um, this morning, uh, I'm glad to see all of you in the house of the Lord. I'm pleased to welcome you uh, and to have this session with you guys. Uh, as uh, Brother Geoff mentioned, uh, Pastor Mason is not here with us. He's in London at our sister church that is uh, hosting um, our global conference. But um, what he asked me to do was to share the word with you and to pick up or to continue on the series that uh, we've been uh, looking at uh, falling in love with, uh, with outreach, which is something very important to us at a personal level and also at a, at a corporate entity as a church. So before we start, maybe you'll have a quick word of prayer and then we'll dive in and uh, I hope that uh, you'll be blessed and you'll be touched. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the opportunity to come here to the house of Lord, to your house, to worship, to fellowship with one another. And as we look at the word today, we ask that, Lord, you may bless us. That, Lord, you may prepare our hearts that whatever we listen, whatever we hear, that, Lord, it may be of impact to us. And as we live later on, uh, later on today, that, Lord, you may live here having been filled, having been strengthened, having been encouraged through your word. So we thank you. We appreciate you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray and believe. Amen. So um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the Sermon series uh, to fall in love with outreach. And um, throughout that time, uh, Pastor Mason has presented um, two sermons, one on evangelism and one on outreach. And uh, in evangelism, we looked at uh, the concept of uh, reaching out to those people that we know who maybe do not know Christ or are seeking Christ, which we felt is something a, a little bit easier because evangelizing to these people is much more easier because we know them. And then uh, the next series in that, or the next sermon in that was under outreach, so... Um, looking at or trying to reach out to people that maybe we don't know them so well um, and they don't know us, so, which will be something that is a bit difficult. And then in today's sermon, um, what we'd like to look at is the concept of promotion. Um, how can we as Christians, how can we be able to promote our faith uh, to our spheres of our circles of influence? And then also in that same goal, how can we be able to promote our church? because we belong to the body of Christ, which is this church. So apart from standing up for our own faith, how can we also, or standing up for our own faith and promoting it, how can we promote our church? Because our church has a role to play, and especially to this body, to one another, and also to the people out of it and to this uh, community. This community speaking in terms of uh, the area of Frankfurt, because the church aims to connect all the people in the area of Frankfurt globally-minded people to connect, first of all, with God and to connect with one another. So that's what we want to look at. And um, to start off, um, we'll go to our main scripture for the day, which comes from the book of Matthew, verse 5. 
Matthew 5, 13 to 16. I'll read, it might be different. Uh, and it says, um, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out, trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So, um, before we get into the um, understanding this scripture, first of all, we need to uh, understand the times it was written in and how salt was used back then. Because in the olden times, um, when we didn't have refrigeration, or these modern tools that we have for conserving food stuff and so forth, salt was used for two purposes. One was um, either to conserve food to ensure that it was able to last a long time, especially meat, and also um, salt was used and is still used today as an enhancer. So we cook food, all of us, I believe, and uh, sometimes we'll be able to put in some salt um, so that the food is much more tastier, and it depends, it varies on degree. Some people take more salt, some people don't take any salt, so it, we use it to varying degrees, but this, the goal is the same, that we want to enhance the flavor of our food so that it tastes better, so that we are able to enjoy that food. And if you look at this verse, then, um, or this scripture from um, 13 to 16, we can be able to deduce three messages out of it that I would like us to pay attention and on which we'll build here yeah, the key messages for today. So one is that um, we as our Christians, we as people of God, first of all, um, we are special people. We are called by God to be a light in this world, to be um, a source of encouragement to others. And just as salt plays a role, as has been explained in the scripture, we have a role to play in the societies and the communities where we live in as salt. First of all, um, as a preservative, first of all, to preserve God's truth in the world. Because we are the light or the torch bearers of God's word in the world. So if you're not playing that role of preserving God's truth or ensuring that his word is heard, understood, and practiced, then nobody else will be able to do it. Then the other thing we need to look at is that also um, we as Christians... We are blessed in very many different ways. And we are called upon to try in our best way possible to enhance the lives of others. And we can enhance the lives of others in many different ways that we'll tackle much later. But we have two purposes. First of all, enhance, um, enhance uh, preserve God's truth in the world and, um, and um, season this, the lives of others, especially those who are around us. And then the other thing is that we are called to be ambassadors of God's word. So apart from preserving the truth, seasoning others' lives, we are also called to be ambassadors of God. And we'd look at that, uh, how to do it. And then um, three is that um, we, uh, we should not be afraid or embarrassed to, to, to stand up for God or to stand up for his word. Because if we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. So based on those three, um, there are four key things I would like us to look at. Uh, one is um, how can we influence and touch the lives of others, i.e. how can we be the salt of the earth? And then the other thing is um, how can we protect ourselves 
as Christians to ensure that uh, as we go out there and try to influence the lives of others um, in a Christian way, that we don't lose our saltiness. Because we are warned in this, uh, in this verse that if you're not careful, there is a risk that we are, we are facing the risk of being able to lose our saltiness. And if we lose that, then we have no use. So as much as we try to go out there and to um, uh, um, affect others positively, let's protect ourselves and let's ensure that we don't lose our saltiness. And then the third is, um, how can we let our light shine? Because the verse also says that we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. So, and when we light a light, we need to put it somewhere where it shines bright so others can see it, so it can be of use. Because if you have a very bright light or you have a nice light, like either you have in your, in your house, your office, you light it, but then you put it somewhere where it cannot shine, then it will be of no good, of no use to you. And then um, last but not least, as I said, we need to promote our faith at a personal level, but also for our church, because our church has a role. So as we come to the end later, I'd want us to tackle a bit the subject of um, how can we use modern tools of today to enable us as Christians, as members of this church, as members of the faith, to be able to promote um, uh, not only our faith, but also our church. And um, to tackle the first message, I want us to look at the book of uh, Hebrews 13 to 16. It says, um, do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Um, God, as I mentioned before, God has blessed us in a very different way. And as this verse says, we can touch uh, the lives of people in different ways, either by encouraging, teaching, encouraging, teaching, and also serving. And this talks about especially in the concept of service. Because we live in a very difficult world today. Many people are going through a lot of hardships, a lot of trouble. Many people are hopeless in many different situations. And any act of good, any act of kindness, goes a long way in encouraging and touching people's lives. And it goes a long way in opening up hearts, opening up minds. Because people today don't expect kindness. We live in a very cruel and difficult world where it's about me and me and me. And nobody or very few people are going out there to try and touch lives of others, impact them, serve them, reach out. And so when you reach out to people, just with an act of kindness, maybe greeting somebody, smiling at somebody, it brightens up somebody's day. And it makes people wonder, who is this person? Why are they greeting me? Why are they worrying about me? Why are they serving me without expecting anything in return? And that makes somebody wonder, yeah, who are you? Where is it that you come from? What is it that you believe in? It opens that door for people to inquire, to wonder, to ask, to want to find out more about you. And then as they found, find out more about you, then they find out, yes, you are a person of faith. And that gives you an opportunity to be able to encourage, to teach, to guide based on your faith. So it's something that we need to constantly um, look at and ensure that uh, um, we are practicing. And then uh, the other thing that uh, <coughs> we do, apart from uh, serving and uh, encouraging, is to teach. Because I said, um, as I mentioned, our role is not to preserve God's truth. And God's truth is enshrined in his word, which is in the Bible. And today, many people have many questions about what is the truth. What is the basis of truth? There are many different definitions, things going around. And you as a Christian, through your word, um, acts of kindness, good deeds, 
when you open up those doors through your kindness for people to come to you to ask, to inquire, your basis for guidance, if people seek guidance, advice, your basis for guiding and teaching should be the Bible, which is God's word. That should be the basis of our truth, and it should be the basis on which we use to ensure that God's um, truth is preserved in today's world. So there are many, uh, in this, in this um, we were learning um, in the Bible study that there are many different sources of authority, so we can use our knowledge, we can use our tradition, and so forth. But the key knowledge or the key source of God's word or God's authority is in his scripture, and that should be the basis of our faith. It should be the basis of our um, spiritual or Christian journey as we walk in this world. And it should be the foundation upon which we use when people come to us or when we have that opportunity, also as ambassadors of Christ, to be able to use it to encourage, to teach, and to guide others. And then um, there is another word that says um, in First Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift that you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So not there, um, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. So when I, when I talk about gifts, I'm not talking about something grandiose, something big, that would make you or would take you out of your comfort zone. All of you, if you look at yourselves internally and the things that you like, you like doing, God has blessed you in one way or another. So we need to look at these simple gifts that we have that don't, um, we don't need any effort to be able to use them. So use these simple gifts that we have, and those are the ones that we can use to impact and to touch others positively, so that through these um, gifts, then we open that door to be able to reach out to others, and then once we've opened and softened hearts, then you can use that as a chance to, um, to spread God's word. And then, um, last but not least, uh, when we are trying to uh, impact others, we need to be very alert because you can either do it actively or passively. So as a Christian, you always need to look at opportunities. Where are my opportunities for influencing and impacting either passively or actively? Because uh, you might be good at influencing passively or you might be influencing, at, uh, influencing actively. But you need to gauge what is the situation. What is the situation I'm confronting here? Do I have an opportunity to influence here passively? Or do I have an, uh, an opportunity to influence here actively? And then with God's guidance, with God's grace, it will guide you and help you to know yeah, what should I be able to apply here in this particular situation that I'm facing um, so that I'm able to, to represent or to stand for God and, and his word. And um, as we proceed forward, um, if we may look at the second one, uh, the second uh, thing that we have to look at is, yeah, as you're seeking to influence others out there, the verse also warned us here, yeah, let us be careful so that um, we don't lose our saltiness. Because if we lose our saltiness, then we'll not be able to do anything. Recently, I had an opportunity to fly, to go to, to Barcelona to see a friend of mine. And as, as we all do when we fly, what are we told? When uh, the, immediately before the flight takes off and the cabin crew are giving instructions, what is it that, that we are told to do? Mostly we are told that, hey, hey, in case of uh, a loss of cabin pressure, masks will drop. And when the mask drops, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, you're supposed to pull it and do what? You are supposed to pull it, put on you safely first, before you do what? Before you help somebody else. Because 
if you are not in a position to help, then you can't help somebody else. But first of all, you have, first of all have to protect yourself, put on your mask so that you are breathing, okay, you, and then you are in a position to help somebody else. So that, that's what I want us to look at here in the, in the next um, key message, which is that, uh, first of all, let's protect ourselves so that we are not consumed by the world. And in that sense, I want us to look at the, the book of First Peter, uh, chapter 5, 8 to 9, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So the key message is there that please note that the devil is out there, active, looking around for somebody to devour. And just to support that a little bit, I want us to also look at um, the book of Job, verse 1 to 7. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? And Satan answered, uh, Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and from the earth, and from walking up and down on it. So as Christians, we need to be alert and we need to be warned that uh, the devil is out there in many different forms, in many different shapes. And he's prowling around looking for somebody to devour. And the key thing is that um, as you go out there as uh, Christ ambassadors, we are targets. Because in this book of Job, if you read a little bit later in the verse, um, God asks um, Satan, yeah, did you see Job? And he says, yeah, I saw him. He's doing quite well. But you know I wasn't able to do anything against him because you have put your ring around him. He is protected. And if you read much later in the verse, then God allows to, to tempt, um, allows Satan to tempt Job, but says, yeah, don't lay a finger on him. Anything else he has, you can touch, but do not lay a finger on him. And then we know what Job goes through. Many trials and tribulations that test and shake his faith, but he, st he stands firm. So this is what I, um, I want to emphasize, is that first of all, we need to understand that um, the devil is out there. He's working actively. Because as my wife likes to say, the devil's fate is sealed. He knows he's already gone down. But he's looking for people to go down with him. So if you are not careful, then we'll be prime victims of the devil. And how can, we, um, how can we resist the devil? Or how can we stand up to the devil? One, we need to be uh, aware of the element of spiritual warfare. Because the devil is constantly trying to tempt, to distract, and to deceive, and to destroy and all these put together combine to form spiritual attacks. So as Christians, we need to be alert and aware to this, um, to this aspect of spiritual attacks and to know that we can be able to stand up to the devil, but not on our own. We need God. We need God to put that same fence that, or shield he had put around Job. We need him to put it around us so that when the devil comes around to try to deceive, to tempt, and to distract us, he finds that we are protected. And that's why um, I refer you to uh, the teachings in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Because when we are not in the Lord, or when we are in the Lord, then we, we are strengthened. We are empowered because we have his protection and his power. And with that protection and power, then the devil is not able to attack us. And if we read further, it says, um, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so 
that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So today, there are so many things happening in the world today that if you are not alert, if you are not careful as Christians, then you can find things happening around you that you cannot be able to explain, but you, do not, but you don't understand that these are maybe spiritual attacks from the devil. But the only way you can do this is to resist the devil by putting on God's armor that will help you to, to, to stand. And we are called upon not to run away from the devil, but to resist the devil. Not to run away, but to resist. Because when you walk around, uh, maybe in some of these um, funny parts of town or wherever you live that you don't feel very well, you walk around with a very high sense of alertness. And if somebody tries to do anything against you, you are able to resist or to protect yourself. But as Christians, if we are not walking around or if you are not carrying out um, walking in our spiritual faith with a sense of alertness, then we are vulnerable, uh, we are victims, we are targets, we are easy targets. And that's what we are told in the book of um, James. Um, <clears throat> Submit yourselves to the, then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come, on, come near to God and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So we are being encouraged here to resist. And um, if you don't resist or if you're not walking around um, with a sense of alertness or practicing our Christian faith and walk with a sense of alertness, then we are easy targets of the devil. So we are like a low-hanging fruit. So as the devil prowls around like a, he was uh, telling God and we are not within God's protection, then we are easy targets that are very easy to be picked apart because the devil wants to separate us. So the first thing that they want to do is to separate you from his body, which is the church, where you have the ability to fellowship with other believers who strengthen you, who teach you, who guide you, who rebuke you, who hold you accountable. Once you are away from that body, then you are walking alone. First of all, you are an easy target. But if you're walking in the body of Christ, which is the church, you're walking with other-minded believers who can help you, who will guide you. And that makes it much more easier for you to be an easy target that can be picked up easily or attacked by the devil. So let's take note. Let's um, fortify ourselves, strengthen ourselves, stay in a body of Christ, and also, most importantly, put on the armor of God that will help and protect us. And then... Um, <clears throat> The other thing that we need to do is um, we must actively resist, not passively resist, actively resist. But then how do we actively resist the devil? How do we actively resist? Because we are not saying, we are not saying run away. We are not saying resist passively. We are saying actively resist. How do you do that? We can do that, first of all, um, keeping ourselves alert, keeping God's word in us, and we can do that in different ways. First of all, through daily worship. Let's make it a, a habit to worship God daily. Start your day with God. When you wake up in the morning, make it a habit here yeah, to read your word through whatever, either be it in your Bible, through your Bible application on your phone. Make it a habit to start your day with God, with prayer, to fortify yourself, to pray for a good day, to ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit that he may guide you throughout your day and throughout everything that you will do. Second but not least, 
Study the word. Study the word because the word fills you with knowledge. The word fills you with knowledge. It empowers you to know. Because many other people have faced probably similar circumstances. So if you read the word, you'd know yeah, what happened when these people were faced with similar circumstances. We see Jesus being able to uh, stand firmly and resist the devil in the wilderness during his 40 days of fasting. When the devil came with many different temptations or very many wonderful things that he could offer. But then Jesus was always able to go back and say, the word of God says this and this. And through that he was able to resist. Um, and I said, yeah, pray, participate in, um, in worship here. So in different ways. As you saw announcements here, come, uh, this is not the only forum we offer. We also have Bible studies, and that gives us a chance to even study the word deeply because we have different interpretations. We are at different stages of our spiritual walk and uh, Christian journey. And we can always um, enrich ourselves in many different ways. The opinion, the experience I have of God's word and what he has done for me is completely different from what he has done for you. And when we come together to study, to share, we encourage one another, we strengthen one another because those experiences we talk about have many different, um, many different flavors, that, uh, many different perspectives that will help you to see things in different ways that you might not have been seeing or understanding. And when we share this, that helps us to gain a new perspective, helps us to gain a new understanding of what God can do because of what maybe he has done for another person. You may be going through something that somebody else has gone through and through these forums, coming here to church to hear the word, fellowshipping with other um, Christians after the service, taking a coffee, talking to people. You might be going through something somebody else has already experienced and he or, he or she was able to count on God to help them through that situation. So talk to people. Don't try to do it alone. First of all, draw uh, closer to God, um, accept him as your savior and as sovereign over your life, and also fellowship with other Christians so that you are able to learn from their experiences. And then, um, as I said, pray, 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 and also come to church on Sunday, but not only Sunday. When you have other opportunities during the week, please seek God wherever you can find him. Seek God, call him upon in your life, and let him guide you uh, in each and everything that you do. And then um, the other thing that we need to note is that um, the armor of God is very important. And um, if you look at that, uh, that uh, um, verse in Ephesians, it talks about various aspects of the armor of God which help you. The first thing um, you are told is that let's put on the shield of faith. Because you know uh, the first attacks the devil comes with are attacks against your faith. So if you don't have that arm of God, especially the shield of faith, that's what is protecting you from all the arrows that are coming from the devil. Because the devil is always probing. He'll try here, he'll try there. If he fails here, he'll come there. So ensure you have that, um, that shield that protects you against uh, the attacks that are coming from uh, the devil. And for you to be able to fight back, as I said, we need the sword of the spirit. And the sword of the spirit is the word. The sword of the spirit is the word. So you resist and you fight back. So you protect yourself as you're resisting with your sword, with your shield, and you have your, you have your sword, which is the word of God, that will protect you, that will help you to, to actively resist the devil. And then, um, <clears throat> just be alert. Be alert and fortify all areas of your lives, because in your houses, in your places where you live, 
I mean, uh, when it's dark and so forth, you lock your windows, you lock your doors to ensure that everything is safe, that there is no any area of weakness where um, somebody who is, might try to rob or to steal from you might gain access. So we also need to do the same with our, um, with our spiritual lives as we walk through the spiritual journey, that there are no areas of weakness. Examine yourselves, see what are the areas of weakness. What are the areas of weakness where the devil can attack? Where are the areas of weakness where the devil can wage spiritual warfare against me? And how do I need to fortify these areas to ensure that when the devil comes to probe, when the devil comes to tempt, they will find that I'm standing strong and I've fortified myself uh, against such attacks. But most importantly, through God who empowers us and who enables us, not through um, our own um, initiative. Then, um, brothers and sisters, also, as we mentioned, um, once you have this, um, you have fortified yourself, uh, you've strengthened yourself, let's be ambassadors, because there are many people out there who are going through different things in life, people who are seeking to come to God, to know God. Um, we live in a very big city, which is Frankfurt, and many people are lost, many people are wandering, many people are looking, many people are seeking to come to God, but they still don't know how. And you may be that opportunity, you may be that chance by putting up your light. You may be that chance for them to be able to see, oh, who is this? What do you do? And you have that chance to mention to them, yes, I'm a Christian, yes, I'm going to church. You go to church, what is church? What do you do there? And that may be your opportunity to evangelize to somebody. That may be your opportunity to send somebody to a multinational website. That be an, uh, might be an opportunity to uh, to tell somebody, come, let's go to Bible study. That may, might be your opportunity when you put up your light to impact somebody's life positively and bring them to church here so that they also may benefit from this body of Christ. That they may be fortified, they may be strengthened, they may be encouraged by this body of Christ that we have here that is multinational church. So um, just to look at that a little more deeply, um, if you go to the next verse in the book of uh, Thessalonians 2, 4, it says, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. Because the thing that we have to be careful about is that um, when we are trying to let our, sh uh, our light shine uh, mm, through us, first of all, we need to make sure that... Uh, um, our primary aim should be to please God. Because one of the ways the devil attacks and tries to ensure that uh, we hide our light from God or we hide our light from others so that God's truth is not preserved in the world is by ensuring that we try to conform and not to stand with the truth which is God's word. So first of all, the guide, guiding thing and the guiding philosophy for us should be, first of all, in each and everything that we do as Christians, is that we seek to please God and not to please man. Because in the environment we live in today, you will be pushed a lot to conform. And there's that fear that, yes, if I don't conform, if I don't say what, what is correct or what people expect me to hear, maybe I'll be pushed aside, maybe I'll be punished directly or indirectly, especially when you worry about those indirect punishments, maybe excluded maybe losing friends, and so forth. Those are the things that we fear that sometimes prevent us, as Christians, from trying to put our light up so that people can see it, so that you can 
help other people. We have those fears, but be guided by this verse that says that uh, um, so, uh, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our heart. Because at the end of the day, it's God. And then um, the other thing that we, we are told is that uh, in, in, in the book of 1 Peter 3.15, uh, which is not here, it says, uh, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give, um, to give everyone who asks to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. So what is important is that also as you speak, as you seek to, um, to stand with the truth and to speak God's word and to speak God, uh, God's truth, always do so with gentleness and respect. Okay? Because there's a way um, you can present things to be taken in the, in the wrong way and then it affects the entire or the overall message that you are trying to deliver. So that's why we are encouraged here and in many other, other verses in the Bible that let's always yeah, speak the truth but speak so with gentleness, with firmness of the, truth of, um, of the truth of God and with that love that comes from him. Because as a parent or people who are parents here, we know you can always rebuke your child, you can always correct your child, but you always do so with, with love for the child, so that you are correcting the child, might not agree, might disagree, might uh, not agree with what you are saying or with the form of correction that you are using, but we are always trying to do it with the love that comes from, uh, from our, our Heavenly Father. And then um, the other thing that uh, we need to, um, to be careful about that uh, as we go out there, that uh, as we act as ambassadors of Christ, are things that dim our light. Because as you mentioned, let's put our light up so that it's be, uh, we can be able to see it. But there are many other things that dim our light, which we've already mentioned. One is that are trying to conform to the world of today, trying not to speak the truth of God. The other thing is not sharing the gospel or not sharing the word. So use every opportunity that you have when the circumstance presents itself and you weigh the situation. If it allows you to share the word of God or to speak God's truth, please use that opportunity to, to evangelize and to share God's word and to speak his truth. The other thing is, let's guard against pride and disobedience to God. Because as Christians, when um, we are full of pride, when we are disobedient to God, then it's easy to dim our light. Because then we'll try to do things in our own knowledge, in our own understanding, and not through the basis of God's teaching and of God's guidance. So always make the word of God your basis and your foundation in doing everything, and always submit yourself to God's guidance. That's why I was saying, read the word, pray, read the word, stay in a body of Christ. Because um, in the body of Christ, we are many. We are one body, but we are many. And one thing you know about body parts is that you can lose some body parts, but you can still be able to function as a human being. But if you lose a body part that goes away on its own, what happens to that body part? It dies. So the body can sometimes uh, lose important parts and survive. But the part that, any part that goes away and that leaves the body surviving, that part will die. You've never met an arm walking around alone or a foot, yeah, doing its own thing on its own or an eye looking around on its own. No, it leaves and if uh, it's not able to be connected back to the body, it dies. And that's why it's important that we remain in this body because we have different um, talents, abilities to be able to do different things and we have different roles. There are people who can sing, there are people who can talk, there are people who can um, 
play out other different roles in this body of Christ. But the most important thing is we need each other. Because the eyes can see, the arms can touch, the legs can walk. But we need each other. And that's why it's important to remain in this body so that we are all working together in this spiritual faith, in this spiritual journey uh, that we are on. And we encourage that... Uh, um, the other thing that makes us not share the word is fear. Fear, as I mentioned, um, fear because we may, be, we may be excluded, we may be punished, but we encourage in the Bible that we should fear the one who is able to destroy both our bodies and soul. But let's not fear somebody who can only maybe destroy our body but won't do much afterwards. Because in the Bible it says in the book of Matthew, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So, let's, let's ask Christians, let's not let the fear of men guide us, but let's let the fear of the Lord, our sovereign and the almighty, guide us in each and everything that we do, but not men, okay? And then, um, last but not least, I, I mentioned this point before, and I would like to emphasize it a little bit, which is, if you say it here in the book of Matthew 10 to 16, uh, as Jesus was sending out the 12 disciples to be apostles, he gave them some instructions, which I think is very relevant to us, and it says in the book of Matthew 10, 16, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Because Jesus knew what kind of environment they were going in, and they needed to operate in a very careful manner to enable them navigate the different um, issues, the, dif the environment they are going to, to be in, to be able to successfully deliver his word and to touch hearts. And that's the same, same situation we are in as Christians today. So those fears you have, yes, are relevant, but what you need to do is to rely on God to pray for his Holy Spirit to be in you. So it may guide you that whenever you encounter different scenarios that you are able to through, your, um, through God's guidance, you're able to know, yeah, what should I do here? Should I be as shrewd as snake? Should I be as humble as a dove? But the overall aim being that at the end of the day, what the goal that you want to achieve is to ensure that you're evangelizing and you're sending God's word out there. So look at every situation that you face and then apply this principle from the Bible, from the book of Matthew 10, 16, which Jesus gave to the disciples, as, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Because sometimes when people don't perceive you as a danger, then, or don't perceive you as a threat, as a danger, then they open uh, their doors. They open their hearts, and then you're able to come in. But then, um, if you're perceived as a danger, if you're perceived in any other different way, then already doors are being, uh, hearts are being hardened, doors are being locked, which makes your work much, much more difficult in trying to achieve your goal of ensuring that we are reaching out, out to as many souls as we can, so that many people are able to come to God, many people are able to get salvation and to get that chance, second chance at eternal life. So let, let's put that in mind. And then um, once we've done that, the key thing also, as I mentioned, we as Christians in our own capacity, at our own personal level, we stand as Christians, as people of faith, but we are also part of this corporate entity and this one body known as the church, which is multinational. So we need to be able to to carry or to count on, on the tools that we have to be able to spread the gospel of Christ. And I would like us to look a little bit into that because it plays a critical role. As you know, many are still out there 
who are looking for a way to come to Christ. Many are still there hungering and wondering, yeah, where will my help come from? Uh, who can help me? And probably maybe that, that, that help or that assistance lies in this church, lies in this, this body of Christ. So we need to create those opportunities for these people to be able to find the path to come here or to fellowship in another different community. But what is important is we want them to come to a body of Christ, whether it is here in Multinational or any other body of Christ that is near them within the Frankfurt area or within the Hessen area. So as ambassadors of, um, of Christ at a personal level, there are a couple of things that we need to do. And uh, I'll refer you to the book of um, John uh, chapter 4, verse 35. Um, it says, do not say four months more than the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the field. They are ripe for harvest. So there is a lot of work to be done, brothers and sisters. There is a lot of work to be done, and we need all hands on deck. As they would say in movies and in different situations, we need all hands on deck. So wherever hand we can get, wherever assistance we can get, we need everybody to be actively involved in helping out so that those who are out there who are seeking and who are hungering can find their way to Jesus, can find their way to a body of Christ where they can thrive, where they can begin their Christian journey, their Christian walk, and be strengthened and be in God. And some of the ways we can do this, especially at a, at a personal level, is that let us be willing to talk about our faith when the opportunity represents itself. So if somebody asks, that's the simplest way. If somebody asks, then please be proud, be knowledgeable, and be ready to speak about your faith. Because one of the things that stops us from doing, uh, doing it is maybe we fear that we'll not be able to represent adequately. We fear we'll not be able to say the right thing. We fear that we don't have... Um, the right information to say. And that's why it's important to read the word, to study. We are covering um, the Christian survival guide in the Bible study, and that, this has been very helpful, even for us experienced Christians, to be able to review this, because it reaffirms, helps us to remind or to remember the things that are critical for us as Christians to do so. Participate in this kind of um, studies just to ensure that you are standing on firm foundation, on, on firm knowledge that when the day comes, when the opportunity comes and somebody asks, that you are well equipped to be able to represent. You are well equipped to be able to, to explain. And in circumstances where you are not, or you feel maybe this is beyond me, that's why we have this body of Christ. Now you can say to somebody, yes, it's this and so, but I can explain to this level, but please come with me to Bible study. Let's discuss these questions. Let's put this to, to the pastor. Or come with me to church on Sunday. Let's talk to other Christians to hear what they have to say because everybody has value to add. Everybody has a piece of information to add that will impact or change somebody's life. We listen to music in the workplace. We listen to music in our cars. These are other opportunities. I mean, uh, listen to Christian music in the background. Somebody will come and ask, yeah, oh, what music is this you are listening to? Sounds very catchy, very tuny. What is it? And that creates an opportunity for you to be able to start here discussing your faith uh, and about God. Other things, we all like to dress nicely and so forth. There are very many ways of evangelizing through your dressing. I'm not saying uh, you look like those Formula One car drivers with thousand stickers and everywhere. But these are very, very cool, testful ways to dress up that can communicate something about God um, and open that door through your dressing uh, that somebody starts asking questions and you're able to evangelize. And the other thing is um, use your social media wherever and whenever you can to post something about your activities. 
We post many things when you go to restaurants about the food we are eating, the nice places we are visiting. Take a video of this church when you're doing the wonderful praise and worship here. Just write church. People will see, people will like, people will ask, oh, church, where is the church? You say, yeah, it's in uh, Eisenheim at all. Come, are you interested in coming? Or do you want to learn more about our church? Please check our website. That creates an opportunity to evangelize. And, and that's, that is uh, passively. That is not even actively. Because actively you are going there to evangelize. But these little things, dressing, posting once in a while, that creates those passive opportunities for you to, to be able to evangelize and to touch somebody's um, life and to open those opportunities for people to ask you. And then now you have a door that has been opened. In Bible study, we learned, uh, I think it was last week, that don't worry about the opportunities. God will create them. Just be ready. Don't worry about the opportunities. Um, create them. Uh, no, don't worry about them. God will create them. But what is most important is that you need to be ready. When that opportunity is created, that you are ready to take it. And that's why I'm saying we need to be active in this body, learning the word, praying, being fully equipped so that when that opportunity comes, then we are ready to take it. And then um, share a comment. I don't know if many of you know we have, uh, we do have our ch church website. How many know it? How many have visited it? Check it out. Uh, it's been revamped. It looks much better than it was. So if you are asked a question about your church and you don't know what we believe in or you're not fully aware about our mission, our vision, you can always direct somebody to our website so that they see, oh, this is the church that uh, you participate in. This is what the church believes in. These are services. When are the services? Where is the church located? What can you do in the church? And that creates an opportunity for somebody else uh, to come. Um, so please not, brothers and sisters, yes, there are many people out there. Let's not wait. Let's not wait. It says in the book of uh, Mark 16, 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. God's creation is not, all of it is not here this Sunday. It's all over the place. So we need to go to where it is. And some of these modern tools that we have, the internet, social media, and so forth, offers that opportunity to be able to reach out to all those souls who are scattered out there, especially in the Frankfurt area, who are hungering and looking for a place to come, to worship, to fellowship, and to be in the body of Christ. So let's not be ashamed, let's not be fearful of using those opportunities that they, we have to, um, to use these uh, tools to be able to evangelize. Because People are taking risks, going to wars, going to places of difficulty to be able to spread this gospel to other people. But we have it, we have that opportunity right in our cell phones to be able to evangelize and to reach out to others. So let's take that chance and, and use it. And as we draw to the end, um, it's very important that we know um, we've been given that light and that's why this sermon is called this little uh, lamp of mine. We have to let that light shine because just as um, I was saying, there are many people out there in the world today who are suffering, and also in this Frankfurt area, there are many people who are going through different seasons of their lives. There are many people today who are stuck in the storms, different storms affecting their lives. They're in seas of darkness, and they're looking out on their lifeboat, wondering, where is the safe harbor where I can go to? How do I get to the harbor of safety so that these storms that are battering my boat these things, are, these difficulties, challenges I'm experiencing, I need to get onshore. I need to get onshore to a harbor where I can be safe. And maybe you putting up that light of viewers, you sharing that word, you standing up and saying, I was in church today and somebody asking, maybe the light that will guide these people 
with their little boat, with all their challenges in life, the things that are, they're struggling with, it will guide them to come to the harbor safely from where they're stuck in the high seas. It will guide them. So use that light, let that light shine. Because in the Bible, the Lord says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes when he comes in his father's glory with the holy angel. So let's not be worried about people who can um, harm us, our physical bodies, but let's be scared more or fearful more of the one who can uh, harm our body and our soul. Let's not be ashamed of Christ. Let's use the opportunities that he's created in our life to share his word. And when we do this, the Lord will be there with us. The Lord will encourage us and we'll be able to grow the body of Christ. We'll be able to bring in more members into this body and in other bodies of Christ. And in the end of the day, we'll be able to reach more hearts and spread his gospel all over the world so that more souls are touched and more souls are able to come uh, to God and accept his salvation. So um, with that, we come to the end and uh, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity uh, that we've had to listen to your word. And to thank you, God, for Father, for making us to be the salt and the light of the world. And even, Father, as we leave this place, uh, as we go out there, we pray that, Lord, you may continue encouraging, equipping us, and making us ready, Father, to be able to share your gospel, to spread your gospel, so that, Lord, more souls are able to come to you, Father. So that, Lord, more people are able to find their ways to a body of Christ, where, the Father, they can thrive, they can grow in their faith, and they can receive their salvation. We thank you, we appreciate you, and thank you, and it is in Jesus' name that we pray and believe. Amen.